Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 101. So far, so far, so far, so far. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 101 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Den Zell, and we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there who've been battling this COVID since day one and now who might be having to battle this monkeypox. Oh my gosh, if it ain't one thing, it's another, yo. Now we just, we getting through the end of COVID and now we got to deal with the monkeypox. So be safe out there, guys, please. And shout out to all the essential workers who got to deal with that. And finally, thank you to all the people who are out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please don't forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias podcast merchandise available for purchase along with the Bronx Bias blog. The site where all of those things can be reached is at BronxBiasPod.com. Come check it out. Come fuck with me on there. I've got hoodies. I've got t-shirts. I've got tote bags. I've got COVID masks and I've got stickers along with the brand new blog, which will serve as an extension and has served as an extension of my podcast. The blog will be the place where I can write things or discuss topics that I had to cut out of the show or I had to edit out of the show. It's a great way for me to still be able to talk as much as I want in a different form and different medium. So please check that out. I've got a bunch of pieces on there. I've got the 100th episode special blog on there. It's called Zero to 100 Real Quick. You can also check out the other pieces I've written. And I have my Broken Land TV episode 25 episode starring me available on the blog. So check all of those things out. And also, this is very important, the Bronx Bias blog is an open platform. 
If you are a writer or artist of any kind and you would like a place to potentially display your work, the Bronx Bias blog can be the place for you. Whether it is music, poetry, writing, art of any kind, just hit a brother up and we possibly can work together to get your stuff out there. I mean from the bottom of my heart you do not have to be from the bronx to be featured on the blog so if you have some things out there and you want to get them published somewhere hit me up contact me you can fill out the contact form on bronxbiaspod.com or send me a dm either way you can pick your poison and we can work together to get your shit out there i'm not one of these people who's gonna like try and take your shit and use it for my own shit like i'm in i'm in the business of crediting artists when they deserve it so I, if you write something for me or you write something for the blog, I will make sure to put your name and all the contact information about you on there. If you're an artist, I will make sure to give you all the credit possible so people can find you and potentially get in- involved or engaged with your other work. I am not in this shit trying to take people's ideas for myself. So please don't be shy. If you need a place potentially to house some of your creations, the Bronx Bias blog can be the place for you. So hit me up. Don't be shy. Again, the website for all these things is bronxbiaspod.com and with all of that being said we are going to have a great 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 show today fully 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 packed and i'm in an amazing mood i'm in a tremendous mood and i am ready to go so let's get it I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing song by two dope-ass artists, and it is called Big Persona by Maxo Cream and Tyler the Creator off of the album Weight of the World. And I had to play this shit today because, you know, like, I fuck with Tyler the Creator. I've been a fan of Tyler the Creator since his first project, which I think was like Bastard in 2009. And I've said on the podcast before, like one of the things I like about artists is when they develop and grow and change. And so now you listen to Tyler's work now with Call Me If You Get Lost, his most recent project, and you can see the growth from, you know, Bastard to Goblin to Wolf and Cherry Bomb and uh, all his other great work. And... What I really like is when artists sometimes, though, go back to one of their original styles, like when they go back to, you know, what they used to do. Like, so, for example, if Jay-Z came out with a song rapping like nigga, what nigga, who that would be crazy because, you know, he really doesn't rap that style anymore. So when this song came out, Big Persona, Tyler was on there rapping, like spitting that swag rap, like, you know what I mean? kind of a throwback to his other styles of music because now you know if you listen to call me if you get lost he's still rapping and you listen to his features he's still rapping but like he's really incorporated a lot of melodies and a lot of different cadences in his work so just to hear him get on a feature with maxo a dope artist himself and like spit some hot fires like yeah like i gotta play that shit for today like and it's only big shit it's big shit only on the bronx bias podcast so of course we had to play big persona because it's big shit only going on here now i mean we in the triple digits you feel me we didn't we didn't built this shit up from the bottom so it's big shit only so shout out to tyler the creator shout out to maxo cream super dope artist if you don't know maxo cream from texas listen to maxo cream's weight of the world and his other stuff because Maxo Cream is super dope, and he's a guy that people should be watching out for because he can really do some good things, I think, in this space. So 
Shout out to Tyler. Shout out to Maxo. Um, and check them out if you haven't heard their stuff. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. And it is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York, my home. So, without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is... Orchard Beach is a public beach in the Bronx, New York. The beach is part of Pelham Bay Park and is situated on the western end of the Long Island Sound. Sometimes called the Bronx Riviera, Orchard Beach is the only public beach in the Bronx. The 115-acre, 1.1-mile-long beach consists of a 13-section sandy shorefront, a hexagonal block promenade, and a central pavilion with food stores and specialty shops. The recreational facilities include two playgrounds, two picnic areas, a large parking lot, and 26 courts for basketball, volleyball, and handball. In 2006, the Orchard Beach Promenade and Bathhouse were both designated as a city landmark by the New York City Landmarks Preservation Commission. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 101. Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, all right, we're getting right to the shits today. We have a very, very, very special guest. It's only special guests that appear here on the Bronx Bias podcast today. We have Nate Sperlin, who is an entrepreneur, the creator of Old Milk Media, and the host of the Cap Podcast and the It's All Opinion Podcast. And he's a pretty chill dude. Nate, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to me today. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to make some content. Um, let's pod. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, Nate, uh, what I would like to know is where are some of the places that the people can reach you if they want to get in contact with you or to see all the work that you're currently doing out here? Where are the best places that they can find you? Um, first would be the website, oldmilk.co, O-L-D-M-I-L-K.co. Um, also, from there, that's basically the hub. You can find everything else from there. Um, but on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media, um, YouTube, um, Old Milk. Um, I believe that's about the basics. I mean, obviously Spotify, but that you can a Apple Podcasts, Anchor, all that other stuff. But you can find that on OldMilk.co. So um, if you want everything, OldMilk.co is for you. That's right. That's right. See, I got to make sure, you know what I mean? People going to be listening to you. They're going to be like, damn, where can I find them? My DMs is not going to be inflamed with people looking for it. <laughs> so you got to nah. let them know. No, nah, we can't let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nate, I know you're a huge NBA fan. I know yep. you're a huge sports fan. So the first question, of course, is me going to try to get you in trouble. Mm -hmm. My first question for you so we can kick this off is, what do you think about the current landscape of the NBA? And also, who are your current favorite players? 
Okay. I'm going to start with current favorite players first. Um, I love watching James Harden. I, as much as it is um, an ordeal right now, I also <laughs> love watching Russell Westbrook as, as well. Um, both players are un, they're unfairly hated, and it's weird to me, considering the impact that they've had over the past 10 years on the league. Um, Luka Doncic knocked out the Phoenix Suns, so I have to, I have to support him now. Um, Nikola okay. Jokic, Joel Embiid, um, John Morant is John Morant is when James Harden and Russell Westbrook retired. John Morant is going to be my favorite player. I've already decided that. I decided that like last year. Okay. Um, I, I guess that would be probably forget. I'm definitely forgetting some players. I I, I love I I. It's funny because. And there's a running joke with my friends about how I'm more of a players guy than a team guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, I don't care about the Portland Trailblazers at all. If Damian Lillard is playing, I'm watching. Right. <laughs> um, you could say the same thing for the Warriors. If Stephen Curry's playing on a, on a full, fully healthy team, that's not um, something that you can miss. Um. Let's see what else. Miami is impressive too. So I guess that kind of takes me to talk about the landscape of the NBA. Um, I don't, I think it's in a pivotal spot right now because you have Kevin Durant asking out mm-hmm. from the Brooklyn Nets yep. with four years left on his deal. Um, personally, if I'm the Nets, I'm not trading him. Me neither. Because you have four years left on your deal. You basically have no leverage. And the one thing that you haven't done for us, which we've asked you to do, and which is the responsibility of every best player on a team, is lead. And it's fine if you don't want to. But at the same time, if you're not going to be a leader, don't, be, don't act like you are. And I think that with this Kyrie situation, if we're being honest, the Brooklyn Nets should be world champions right now. You had Kyrie Irving, you had James Harden, you had Kevin Durant. They needed a little bit more shooting, but it was enough to to get where they needed to go. They should be world champions right now. And they're not because Kyrie Irving did what Kyrie Irving did. James Harden got tired of the bullshit and left. Yep. And Kevin Durant was as silent as a church mouse the whole time. And do you think this is one of the biggest failures maybe in the last 15 for sure. or 20 years? For sure. Yeah. I it's agree. without a doubt. If you if you if you don't think so, you don't know basketball. Like how, how do you not Again, I'm a James Harden fan. I I chronicled this. <laughs> <laughs> when you look back at Last year, when they lost in the second round to the Milwaukee, the NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks, the thing that Sean Marks, the GM of the Brooklyn Nets, should have taken away was, I built this roster perfectly. Right. I just need everyone to stay healthy, and we win a ring. He goes into the offseason. He gets rid of shooting. He signed, He gets rid of... He doesn't re-sign Jeff Green. That's the, that's the first big issue. 
Jeff Green is a major glue guy in the league. And he's probably, despite him never being an all-star, despite him never being a player that can be a number one option on a team, he's going to play in the league for years to come because that's how valuable he is to put to, to franchises. You don't resign him. You sign James Johnson, which makes no sense None. because you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. If you look at James Harden, if you know anything about James Harden in Houston, what's the one thing that is obvious on the offensive end of that, of, of the Houston Rockets game plan at that time? Spacing. You literally sign players who give you nothing offensively. And sure, the defense is good. It's better. But at what cost? Like James Harden is coming off a hamstring. As I I think it was Gilbert Arenas on a podcast said, when you're coming off a hamstring, you can't run. How are you expecting this man to be in shape when he comes in, when he comes into the preseason, understanding that, he had a hamstring injury that he made worse trying to get the team to the conference finals, playing those last three games against Milwaukee on one leg because Kevin Durant needed the help. And you're shocked that he's out of shape. That doesn't make sense to me. Does that make sense to you? I'm, you know, it doesn't. And this is, this is great because when you, when we are hearing about Harden, let's say from the last, it's 2022. I would say from 20, let's say the end of 2019, Christmas time, 2019 to now, you don't, we're not looking at Harden like that. Like we're only looking at what Harden is not doing, how he forced himself off the teams, his fluctuations in weight, but we're not even like, dang, well, he did have this chronic hamstring injury and that will prevent your, your ability to get back, to get back into shape. No one has ever framed the Harden debate on any outlet that way that they his his fall off is injury related they've said that he came into the preseason out of shape well okay journalist why why like it, it so many things would make so much more sense to basketball fans who rely on these um journalists for context if they just explained why mm-hmm. and First of all, James Harden averaged 20 points and still, I think he averaged a double-double this season or at least close to it. 20 and 10 for 99% of the players who have ever played in the NBA is a career year. That's a slump for James Harden. Yep. And instead of, sure, he could have been more aggressive in the final game that he played in the playoffs with the Sixers. That's, that's a fact. He could have. But for the whole time, for it to be, we need James Harden to score 50. We need James Harden to score 60. Where is Houston Rockets James Harden? Meanwhile, he's still arguably the best point guard in the league doing what he's doing. is insane to me. You want to say that about Chris Paul. Chris Paul, Chris Paul is declining right now. Yeah, One of I- the best point guards of all time. You cannot, find, you cannot find one person who will criticize Chris Paul. And he deserves some criticism for his... He does. Yeah. Every, every, if we're, if we're be, like... Everyone deserves praise. Everyone deserves criticism. It's just a matter of is the praise balanced to what or the praise and the praise and the criticism balanced to a level that is appropriate. And in many situations, it's either you're praising a player too much or it's popular to hate this player. Let's hate him. But it doesn't seem to be 
ballots in in a way. I, I heard someone say that Stephen Curry is the second best player of all time. I heard that too. What was it? Uh, Bobby Marks. Bobby Marks, a former he NBA. To Bobby Marks after what he did in Boston, <laughs> trading on the <laughs> a former okay. NBA GM said that Stephen Curry is the second best player of all time. Completely crazy. Wherever you wherever you fall on the Jordan LeBron debate, Bobby Marks ignored one of them. If you think LeBron is the best player of all time, Bobby Marks said that Stephen Curry is better it's than better. Michael Jordan all time. <laughs> if you think that Michael Jordan is the best player of all time, Bobby Marks said that LeBron James is not better than Stephen Curry all time. What do you think about so you know we live we know sports is sports media is essentially entertainment, right? It's, yes. That's all it is, right? Mm-hmm. People have ideals or storylines and things have to fit to, you know, create narratives or whatever the case. Mm-hmm. Do you think that for 90% of these guys it's I just want to say something that's going to get me clicks and attention or do you really believe that these guys really believe these things that they're saying, you know, in what they say because if you're a GM at any level and you look at how Stephen Curry plays basketball mm-hmm. or what he's done in the game and what mm-hmm. LeBron or Mike or Kobe have done in the game and say, he's the second best ever to me. That just seems like he just want to get his name hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only players, the only um, NBA analysts that, when they say something, I believe I believe that they believe it. Are JJ Re- JJ Reddick, mm-hmm. the goat Hubie Brown, <laughs> Hubie. That man has forgotten more basketball than most people will ever know. Yeah. Um, the NBA on TNT crew, mm-hmm. they're all honest. Mm-hmm. They all give it to you straight. Um, but aside from that, I feel like everybody else. Um, is trying to get clicks and trying to have that viral moment, which is why it's so popular to shit on Russell Westbrook right now. And it's weird to me because as the media, sure, it's entertainment. But if you look at all, if you look at other sports, if you look at the NFL, Mm -hmm. when you have segments on the NFL in whatever capacity, if it's a pregame show, postgame show, during the week, off-season, training camp, whatever, what are they, they're talking about the game. They're explaining why it's so hard to be an offensive lineman or why it's so hard to be a punter or Mm -hmm. why being in the NFL is an accomplishment in the first place. With the NBA, I don't think that NBA fans have the same knowledge of the game that other fans do or they get the same knowledge of the game that other fans that fans of other sports do because it's mostly just hot takes and it's very little basketball analysis going on and it sucks because as someone like me someone like me I watch the game to enjoy it I watch the game to be amazed at all these amazing athletes, whether it's Steph Curry putting up 14, knocking down 14 threes, Russell Westbrook dunking on someone, LeBron dunking on someone, John Morant crossing someone out their shoes, whatever, Kyrie hitting that big shot in 2016, 
whatever it is, that's why I'm watching the game. And I want to understand how that happens. What is, what separates a coach from Greg Popovich, an all-time great versus someone like Steve Clifford? Mm-hmm. What, what does Greg Popovich know that Steve Clifford doesn't? Right. And that's actual basketball analysis that helps to grow the game and helps people become fluent in the language of basketball. And I don't think that that's something that's being done right now, which is a major problem because if it's just going to all be clickbait and bullshit, apparent, essentially, there's no reason to watch anything except for the actual game. So, so with that, right, with that opinion on the landscape of the, this, this sport, the NBA sports media, right? We could pivot mm-hmm. on to how that affects you and how you got started, right? Mm-hmm. See, I can tell you already are paying attention to what you do, and I'm, it makes sense that you have a media outlet. It makes sense that you have a platform where you share your opinions because clearly you know what the fuck you're talking about. So I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so what inspired you then to start your platform with Old Milk Media? Is it you see what's going on in the landscape and you want to put your own spin on it? Or is it like you have this opinion like I want to just have a, a media platform that's fair and balanced? I think it's the I think it's the latter. I think that um, being fair and balanced is important. That It's the whole function of media in the first place Mm -hmm. when you historically for the most part when you look at when there have been pivotal moments in history it's some form of media whether it's a newspaper whether it's an article when what what do they used to call those um journalists back in the day muckrakers Mm -hmm. um the people who would like expose the 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 dark sides of industries and stuff like that it's yep. always media that dictates okay we this is not right or this is something that the public needs to be aware about so we need to make sure that we get the facts right now being in america and understanding how this country works that's not always the case but that's something that is, that's the foundation. That's what media should be. So I think that with starting Old Milk Media, it's more so about for an uh, outlet for me to get my opinion out there. Um, but at the same time, also be fair and balanced with that. For example, if on the cap we review music whenever, like whenever something is, something that myself and my co-host is interested in, we interview that, we, we review that, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I could straight up tell you, I don't like this, but I can see the vision and I can see why people like it. Right. So my opinion is still in there, but it's still a fair and balanced um, take where it's not just me shitting on something. It's me being like, okay, this is not for me, but y'all over there, y'all enjoy that. And I think you guys will enjoy that. And I think that's just the whole foundation of Old Milk Media, just being able to be fair and balanced and being able to understand that there's an objective truth and a subjective truth. And being able to um, pivot between those two truths while delivering 
a podcast of any sort or in any type of media at all is super important. So when you see, well, what is your opinion then when you see like guys who say, okay, I understand that the purpose of the media is to be fair and balanced, but I gotta, I'm in this business for me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not in this business for, (laughs) you know, for the, for the love of it or whatever. I'm in it to make money. Like some players, you know, Mm -hmm. they stay on bad teams because they get the bag. Mm -hmm. As a someone sitting by, I see Bradley Bill get 251. I can't tell him don't take 251. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I can't tell you don't go out and make your money. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you what you're doing to make your money is right or wrong. So what is your opinion then on guys who literally just in this to be volatile, to be divisive and to try to generate as much money as possible from those opinions? That's a good question. Um, I'm not the type to tell people what they should or shouldn't do. All I can say is what I would do or what I wouldn't do. Um, what I'll say is the best people in media are passionate. Mm-hmm. And even when you look at someone like Stephen A. Smith, who is someone who can be divisive at times, the passion is there. Always. And even if you don't agree with what he says, you still have to respect it. The same thing for with um, Skip Bayless, even though he 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 be wilding sometimes. He <laughs> but you understand that the passion is there and you respect it. So if someone's chasing their passion, you can't you can't do anything but just wish them good luck. But if it's just a money, if it's I don't know. Like if it's just like a money grab in the same way with music, if it's just a money grab, uh, you won't really, you won't really catch my attention. If it's, if, if I could tell that you're not, if I could tell that you're not passionate about it or you're not someone who at least cares, I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me what you do is it's I'm, I'm over here and I'm enjoying what I enjoy. So coming up then, you know, before you maybe have gotten to the point where you created your own platform, were there some people that you would look to as influences in the space? Like I could say for myself, like that time and like, I think it was like 2011 to 2014, I call it like the best version of first take. Oh yeah. That time was so important for me (laughs) because it was like you, you watching them every day and they're going hard. They are literally letting everything go they empty in the clip every every topic every episode those are like real that was really important for me to see all the time mm-hmm. like mike and jamil i don't remember if you his and her um yeah like, it was on numbers was, never lie first numbers never <laughs> i remember lie. i remember that <laughs> no and jalen rose used to be on it yeah um that was important. The hairline legend himself. <laughs> the best hairline <laughs> in history never never crooked <laughs> never uh, so we got that. And then we go from that. So I would say his and hers numbers never lie. First take that time. Who else was really important? Uh, well, people like that, that was just really mm-hmm. important for me. So can you go back and think of who was really important for you in your formative time before you made this media venture? I used to watch a lot of breakfast club interviews a lot. 
they okay. I, I I appreciate the while the questions that Charlemagne would ask were sometimes not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes not appropriate. Often, right. <laughs> I appreciate when it was a legitimate question that should be asked mm-hmm. that most people wouldn't ask. Mm. And just that ability to just not have any fear of asking a question mm-hmm. is something that I think a lot of people admire. Mm-hmm. Um, first take two, I really, I really liked everyday struggle when it was like at its prime with wow, yes, nobody. That was that was that was great. It wasn't on TV, but for if you'll excuse the um, lack of a better word, that was great TV. It was. Um, I think I'm I'm definitely forgetting some. I mean, also when I was I was in high school, I used to um, I I would always be the guy um, arguing with my friends about sports. So like this is this is this is something that like I I've I've been doing for since I've been since I've been an adolescent. I've been arguing about sports and talking about oh well you really you really think the Jets are gonna beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the conference in the in the AFC championship game like come on man after my own heart you see my Steelers on the wall (laughs) you see them on the wall that's right talk about it so like (laughs) they wasn't getting past Aaron Rodgers though I won't say that (laughs) see you see we got it I had to be fair and balanced I'm sorry you know what I respect it but I mean dang come on (laughs) um but I think yeah just um the the passion that comes from having a debate where it's just two sides with legitimate points and just seeing who can make the best, the best argument. I think the passion that comes from that is something that really, um, it's, it's, it's something that I enjoy. It's, 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 it's a, it is a rush. I will say that. So with, so with this, you know, with how fragile or how easily small things could lead to like changes in sports, right? One mm-hmm. small thing happened and then it lead to snowball and one this big thing happened out of it. What is the biggest, in your opinion, what if in sports? Mine, well, not 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 in all time, but like maybe recent memory. Mm-hmm. Mine is I wish to God that the Orlando Magic did not beat the Cavs in 09. So we could have seen Kobe versus LeBron in the finals. That hurts me so much. And again, Orlando was better. They were better. Dwight Howard not being on a 75 anniversary team. I, mean, also, I don't get it. I, for Dwight Howard to not be on a 75 anniversary team. That's crazy. AD's on it, but come Dwight on. Howard is not on. on it. Dwight Howard is one of the most dominant God. big men ever. Jeez. But Jeez. yes, that is... That is one of my biggest, like, I would have loved to see that. And Kobe was still mm-hmm. Kobe, Powell, Odom, Bynum against LeBron. And that would have been so fire. But that would have been so fire. Like, no, nah, that would have. Because we got to see Mike against Magic. We did. So you want to see that again, like, for this era. So that's for me. Like, we didn't get to see Kobe versus LeBron. For me, it's Derrick Rose. Oh, yeah. Derrick Rose is the youngest MVP ever. He's one of the most, he, 
I think that if Derrick Rose never had an ACL injury, we would be talking right now and we can say that we would be able to say that he is at least in the argument for best point guard of all time. Yeah, he could be in the argument. For I, sure. I, he he would have been top 75 team too. For sure. He would have been a Hall of Famer. So many sure. more all-stars, perhaps another MVP. When you look at the roster, how it's constructed, it was four mostly defense. Well, no, three mostly defensive guys. Carlos Boozer was there for offense. Mm-hmm. Joakim Noah is one of the best um, playmakers that we that we've seen at that time before yep. Jokic and Jokic. all the other players and stuff like that. Um, Luol Deng was a lockup. The their young the Jimmy shooting, Butler. Yeah, young Jimmy Butler, but that was like that was like after Jimmy Butler was kind of riding the bench, or if he was on the team, Jimmy Butler worked his way up there. He wasn't yeah. there yet. I think their starting small um shooting guard was Keith Bogans or something like that. But someone who isn't someone that you're expecting twenty out of for Derrick Rose to lead that team to sixty two and twenty, win that MVP, being really the only guy who can get his own shot whenever he wants, and Despite losing to the Heat, it's it's the Miami Heat, first off, in the playoffs. Like, come on. They did sweep them in the regular season, though. So technically, that record is 5-4 Bulls, if we're, if, we're, if we're being technical about it. I know the playoffs matter more, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, come on, dog. But, <laughs> <laughs> but just understanding that that wasn't his prime. That yeah, wasn't close to That was to just the prime. beginning. That was the beginning, and he won MVP. When you look at um, Oklahoma City in the early 2010s, you have James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka. That should run. That should run the league for the whole decade. But because you have cheap ownership that doesn't want to pay James Harden the money that he's asking for when he deserves every penny of it, sure he does. goes to Houston and he becomes a top five, sometime uh, MVP. Should be a two time MVP in my humble opinion. Actually, three. If, if I'm not lying, three-time MVP, in my humble opinion. You want me to tell you the years that he should have won it? 2017, right? What what year was it that Howard got hurt and they were still the two seed? That year he should have won. That, that was 2015. Yes. Steph won. Steph won that. He should have won that year because they were the two seed and Howard didn't play all yeah, year. He should have won that year and he should have won the first Giannis MVP. That was 2019. Yes, when he um he scored 30 points. 30 straight games and Damn, was scoring on James everybody. Harden, Dan, should James Harden have three MVPs? Yes, he should. He legitimately should have three MVPs. Damn. Yeah. I don't under I don't I don't understand the argument against it either. Everyone's talking about, well, the Bucks are the most dominant team. Well, you're in the East. Who are you really playing? Wow. Definitely that 2015 Amir, I remember Steph won. I was like, oh, this is just the he's the flavor of the week. He's yeah. gonna win because he's probably more popular. Now, I the thought Harden should have won. The second one that Steph won, he deserves that. That one, yeah, he got seven, three, and nine. He got better from, yeah, he got he got better from that from the previous year before. He deserved mm-hmm. that one. I'm not going to take that away from. Him. But the first one should be Harden. The first wow. Giannis MVP should be Harden. So wait, now, all right, let's now let's be fair. Okay, 2018 Harden won MVP. Shouldn't LeBron have won? No. LeBron was in Cleveland, right? Yeah. And he still had Kyrie. Kyrie wasn't no Kyrie wasn't no, there in 2018. That was when the Cavs were the four seed went to the finals. Indiana, you know Toronto. You know what's crazy? Boston. I argue so much that James Harden should have those two MVPs that we just talked about that I forget what the MVP his MVP year looked like. 
But I wasn't he putting up sixty point triple doubles. He, not and well, maybe in twenty eighteen, but I don't think he was. Harden was carrying for the. We would not care about the Houston Rockets if Harden wasn't on the team for the, for the past agree. decade. We would not I agree. Care. I we agree. would not care. I agree. And he legitimately was the closest team to the closest. He he came the closest to beating Golden State with Kevin Durant. Yeah, Chris Paul hurt. If they get to if they get to the finals, they beat the they beat the Cavs. I think so at least. I would like to see that. I would too. But and also um Scott Foster not calling foul calls like he should have. Like, I think it, Scott Foster got beef with CP3. You notice he loses every yeah. playoff game that Scott Foster refs. Shout out Scott Foster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing. Um, but no, James Harden. I'm, I'm probably going to have to go back and James, James Harden is one of the best players we've ever seen. I agree. He's, he's one of the best scorers we've ever seen. If you take that away from him, he's one of the best passes we've ever seen. You put that together. That's arguably the best offensive player of all time. Uh, you're making a lot of, you're making a lot of good points. Uh, best offensive player of all time. I'm not sure when you're, when you're talking, because I mean, well, who who are you gonna say? You're gonna say you could say Michael Jordan. He was Kobe. more of a scorer. Kobe, more of a scorer, didn't have the playmaking that James Harden did. Oh, you mean combine everything? Yeah, okay. I'm saying I'm saying like we, uh, the greatest offensive offense. player ever. You could you could argue LeBron too because he does yeah, have the playmaking. I'm gonna say he has the playmaking and score. James Harden is different. <laughs> James Harden is a better scorer than LeBron. Now and it's not. It's I don't think it's relatively so, close. So this is a. So this is a. We could we could do old school, new school. Okay. Would James Harden be as good if he didn't benefit from the whistle so much? Yes. And so this is old school, you know, mentality like, oh, there's too many fouls, and that's why Harden has been able to do so much. He didn't, I'd argue that he didn't benefit from the whistle last year, and he still averaged 20 and 10. But his level was significantly diminished. Oh uh, his age playing on one leg, playing on one leg, essentially. How bad was this hamstring injury? Clearly bad. If he lost, if he lost the burst, you saw you saw him in game seven. You saw him in game seven uh, against um, Milwaukee. He yeah. couldn't move. Couldn't move. He his literal his literally the only reason why he was out there was because of his playmaking. It wasn't he was not supposed to score. If you if you were going to that game expecting James Harden to score thirty, you your your expectations are too high because it was bad. It was something that it was nagging him since um, before the playoffs. So there was but doubt I, that I'm, he would. What I'm saying is, though, is there a direct correlation to how good James Harden was at his peak to the whistle? Do you think? No, I don't. You don't, don't think? foul. Don't foul. <laughs> it's 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 because the thing with James Harden too is, it's one thing if he doesn't make them, like mm-hmm. if he gets fouled and he just doesn't make them, it's it's nowhere close to going in. The layups still go in. He gets a lot of in ones. Mm-hmm. Off of threes, too, he gets a lot of in ones. It's still going in the hole. So, like, I don't... And also, getting to the foul line in the first place is a talent within itself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a special skill. There's, there's a difference between James Harden and Trey Young. Like, James Harden is legitimately getting fouled. So, going back to the question on the change in landscape in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Before, we would never see a player like Chet go top five. Mm-hmm. He would be a low pick. You know, you buy low, you sell high, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that the changing of the NBA, let's say projecting for the next five years now, 
because we we can't talk about right now. Let's say the next five years. So Steph comes in the league, three point revolution. We have now we have big men who have guard ability. Mm-hmm. What do you think that the next change would be in the NBA? So first it was three pointers, then it was big men stretching the floor and being guard like with their ability, not just That's shooting. A good question. That's a good what question. What do you think is the next thing that you know we see emphasized more in the league? If Ben Simmons actually cares about playing basketball, because mm-hmm. he's a really good playmaker. He is. The only issue is that he cannot shoot, which is which and is he won't. fine. He won't try. He, he won't try. That's also another issue, too. Defensively, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. But a 6'10 guy, essentially, and this is this is a stretch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let me stretch before this reach a little, okay? But essentially, you can use Ben Simmons like Magic Johnson in terms of when Kareem gets hurt, you can put him at center and he will be fine. You can put him at point guard and he'll be fine. He's literally just the, he does what he does. He can do it wherever you put him. Whoever you put for him to defend, he'll lock that up. You have no worries about that at all. I think it's going to, I think it's probably going to be more big men, more big men like Giannis, Jokic, Ben Simmons, LeBron. LeBron started that. Well, not Le- LeBron didn't start it, but he's the most he's the most prolific at it because mm-hmm. Magic Johnson did start that. But I think it's going to be more so players like that because even when you look at um, the Rockets have this guy named um, Senjin, who's the center. Mm-hmm. And when you look at him, you think that he's going to like the same way you look at Jokic and you're like, this guy's going to be trash. And then you see him play and it's like, yo, you are one of the best passers for your size I've ever seen. He has the potential to do that. Um, Senjin does. And I think that it's just going to be more well-rounded players because in the NBA, you can't just do one thing anymore. Nope. You can't just be... A specialist for for, and I love I love Tony Allen, but you can't be Tony Allen anymore. You can't just be a good defender, and you're going to be in the league for ten years. What do you do on offense? How do you contribute on offense? You you don't even have to score. Do you set screens well? Do you play make? Do you like? Do you rebound? Do you rebound the ball and give your team extra chances to score? You don't have to. You don't have to score to to be um offensively effective, but. I think that's where it's going in terms of, and that's why I think the argument between best player in the league is between Giannis Embiid and Jokic. But that being said, I think that it's just gonna. I think that the future of the league is going to be players like that, players who are six ten, six nine, and above, who are able to do everything, and there's no worry about. Oh, John Morant's on him. You got to get that switch now. There's there's no worry about that. And I like Chet because mm-hmm. Chet, it makes me feel like when Kevin Durant came out of Texas, you're like, this guy thing. cannot, this guy is going to get creamed. He's going to get folded like a chair. Yeah, like and you blocks. just see him dominate the league the way he has. Mm-hmm. I get that same feeling with Chet. And what also what I like about Chet is he comes out and they say, Chet, who's the best player in the league? Me, when I get drafted. I Chet, didn't like that. Chet, I didn't like the, that. Who's the, best, who's the best dresser in the league? Me. Chet. I didn't like that. <laughs> Who's the best cook in the league? Me. 
Show some love, man. I, nah, man. I <laughs> fuck with that. I no, fuck I, with that. Because everyone looks at his weight and says he can't play. Yeah. And he knows that everyone just going to naturally think that about him. So when you ask him who's the best, I don't want to hear you be humble. Because everyone already thinks that you ain't going to do nothing. Or that the league is going to be too much for you. Mm-hmm. So who's the best in the league? Me. Me. I, I, okay, when you put it that way, I understand it more. So not only are you super passionate about the NBA and sports, you're also yes. super passionate about music. Yes. And music, I've no, I've noticed, is something that gets me in trouble with the listeners the most. Whenever mm-hmm. I have a musical opinion, <laughs> whenever I say something about music, that is when the DMs are in fuego and people be mad mm-hmm. about what I'm saying about music. So I'm sorry, we're gonna only going to get you in more trouble. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you look for when you when you want to listen to an album? Or mm-hmm. when you when you listen to an album, what are the things that you always are looking for, you know, within the project? What are the things you always need to hear for where you consider, OK, this is a good project for me? It's always. It's about efficiency, just like in basketball. Mm-hmm. What I don't like are 28 song albums. Me neither. I think if you couldn't pick the best 12 out of that, that's a problem. That's mm-hmm. one for me. Mm-hmm. And two, it's about. I don't know how to explain this. It's like less is more. I'm going to say something super yeah. controversial right now. Okay. I personally didn't love Kendrick's album. Mm-hmm. Not because Kendrick isn't great. Not because he hasn't performed well before. Not because I have some kind of West Coast bias. None of that. Mm-hmm. I think somebody needed to go in there and say, we need to trim this down some. Mm-hmm. It's also something I don't like about Eminem. Mm-hmm. Eminem to me has, is trying to prove to me that he can rap. In my opinion, we know you can rap. It's up too many words. It's not like I can't. Co- it's like you can't even follow it. Mm-hmm. It's like you're putting you're, you're doing too much. So mm-hmm. the ability to be efficient is something that I really like with music. So mm-hmm. when the influx of the 12 song album, the 10 song album, even the seven people are like, oh, that's not real. That's uh, whatever. I'm like, if that's your best seven. You should just go with your best seven. Why would you give me five more that you know aren't as good as your best seven? So for me, I'm always trying to find efficiency in the music. Okay. Well, let me let me address a couple of points before I answer your question. Um, the con- the so essentially, first with the Kendrick Lamar album, the reason why it was that long is because it's essentially a double album. Mm-hmm. So um for the listeners who don't know what that means it's essentially two albums but packaged into one mm-hmm. so i'm not fully sure which one is supposed to be which but just based on chronicle chronological logic yeah i would think the, the first, first half is mr morale first the half. yeah and the second half is the big steppers so mr morale is supposed to be his last album on tde right he's off top dog entertainment now after you listen to that last song, I believe it's um, Purple Hearts. Is it? No, because that song is great. I'm going to find I'm, uh, I'm going to find the name of the song because that song is really good. Um, it is. Yeah. Purple Hearts. Oh, wow. Look Some, at uh, Kendrick Summer and Ghostface. Oh, yeah. Look at me. Look at this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but um, after you listen to Purple Hearts, the next song, Count Me Out, is the first song Kendrick Lamar releases on his new label, PG Lang. PG Lang. So understanding that, that's why it's so long. It's basically two albums in one. 
additionally, there's an incentive for artists. It, I think it counts better towards their numbers if they are if they release 20 songs, if they put out double albums. It needs to be 20 songs for it to be, or 20 tracks or around that area. I think it's a certain, I think it's a time, um, I think it's either tr- a track number or a time um, quota that you have to meet for you to count your album as a double album. So if essentially, if it's a double album, I think it's self-explanatory that it, it would be better for artist numbers and stuff like that. So that's why you see all these artists coming out with deluxes now. Mm-hmm. because they're trying to get to that double album number or time quota that they need so that they're so that the label feels good they may have some type of bonus or incentive that comes with that um and it makes everybody happy now to answer your question about um what i look for in an album mm-hmm. and i'm going to use a controversial album i'm going to use the drake honestly never mind album i love it in my opinion i love it since if you're reading this is too late, that album is Drake's best album. Yes. Let me explain why. Yes. I've been saying this. Because oh my gosh, yes. it's the first time in years we've seen him have a concept that he wanted to execute and execute it for more for the majority of the album. Usually when we when you look at more life, when you look at um What's the one with him sitting on the Toronto um, views. views? When you look at views, you look at um, Scorpion. There's con- there's multiple concepts in there, but it's not cohesive. It's not something that you can sit like you'll sit down, you'll listen to it. The songs are great. You pick out your favorite songs. Do you feel like you need to listen to the rest of them? No, you forget about the rest of them. Throw it out. With this, honestly, never mind. The only song on there that doesn't fit with everything else is Jimmy Cooks, and Jimmy Cooks slaps. Twenty One Savage. 21 when 21 savage starts getting that flow and he's like um put your hands in the air it's a stick up Mm -hmm. that flow right there that he started perfecting last year on knife talk with also a drake song really a 21 savage song in my opinion but it's (laughs) on a drake album um that song that flow right there shows that 21 savage is always trying to improve he's always trying to get better the one thing about him that we can say about him that we can't say about most artists that came out during his time is that he has consistently improved. And yes. that's the next thing that I look for in an album. Compared to your last album, where is the growth? Mm. Did you give me this? Did you just recycle the same thing over and over again? And sometimes it's okay to recycle the same concept because sometimes you're the only person who does that concept that well. Right. But at the same time with it, I want to hear new bars. I want to hear new topics. I want to hear you more about you living life i want to hear mm-hmm. like more about what's going on in your brain versus you just having the same cookie cutter oh i have all these women i like give me something else it's not not saying that it's bad that some rappers rap about that but at some point in time depending on your niche and your niche and your genre your subgenre i need more than that um so cohesion is definitely a big one um improvement is definitely a big one i think those are basically um the two that i'm looking for i'm not i if you're an artist who is primarily a rapper and you don't really sing a lot i guess i'm looking for um more attention to detail in terms of the beats that you pick Mm -hmm. because what's the first song the first song on clb i i I didn't expect to be uh campaign poetry 
Yeah, champagne poetry that everybody likes. Yeah, I I, like I hate that song. You hate it? Really? I think I think Drake is I think that's probably could be the best lyrical or um rap performance that Drake has had in recent memory. Mm-hmm. The issue with it is that the mixing is off. Okay. So if you're rapping and I have to kind of make a conscious effort to ignore the beat to listen to hear you <laughs> that's an issue for me because i shouldn't have to do that i think the i think we can all agree as music lovers it's vocals the loudest mm-hmm. and then the beat falls in where it falls in so if the beat is louder than you what are we you want me to hear you rap you want me to be impressed by your rapping but i but i have to literally struggle to hear it that's a that's a contradiction to me so with that, it's also just understanding how your voice sounds on different types of beats, understanding that maybe, oh, I like these beats, but this overpowers my voice. So maybe it's not good good for listening to the ear. Um, just, um, what's the word? We kept using this word on the cap and I, uh, um, intentionality, mm-hmm. the intention and the intention and the attention to detail is very important. And my last question for a good you. Time. All right. Thank you. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. My last question for you, though, in this regard is so we talked about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We talked about sports, we talked about music, we talked about society. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, what is it that we can do, you and I and our platforms, that leaves a path for the future generation of creators? What is it that we could do with our platforms now, no matter how big they get, if they stay grassroots or whatever the case, that leaves groundwork or that leaves a path for the next generation of people to come up after us. Don't be afraid. Don't feel threatened by the younger generation. I think that um, sometimes when someone makes it to the top, they feel like everyone who comes after them is a threat. And instead of embracing them, they kind of shun them. And that's a huge mistake because one, you look like an asshole. Two, if you really cared about whatever medium as much as you say that you do, you would embrace, like you would understand that the medium is bigger than you. And oh my God, it is rain is pouring. pouring. I'm sorry. I just looked outside and it is wow. <laughs> Okay. Our takes are too fire. (laughs) Takes are too fire. All right. Um, But understanding that the medium is bigger than you. Sorry to get off the um, track. That was just amazing. Oh, and it's stopping. Wow. Okay. Sorry. All right. Anyway, (laughs) Um, that was a little, that was a little blooper there. Um, But also understanding that the medium is bigger than you. And if you want it to continue, the younger gen, you need to un- you need to educate the younger generation on the mistakes you made so that they don't make them. Mm. And there's plenty of ways, there's plenty of mistakes to make. There's plenty of things for people to learn from. So it's not like you have to monopolize all the mistakes. But if you tell them, if you tell them what mistakes you make, that puts them in a situation to avoid your mistakes, and then perhaps get to problems or um 
situations that you weren't able to get to. And then from that, they're able to make mistakes and then tell the generation after, okay, so give them your blueprint and then give them their own blueprint and then it keeps going. And that's how things progress. So I think um, just not being stingy with information. I agree. And something I tell people who ask me, is like when I first started potting, right? I started in 2020. The first thing I did was, because I didn't have any friends or family who ever did a pod before, I reached out to random people on Instagram because I just typed in hashtag podcast and I sent messages. They all took time to answer questions I had, to tell me, to encourage me and say that they were happy that I started. I got my, my shit together, my shit started. And it was just, that gave me so much confidence. It made me feel so good. It was like, how the fuck can I not do that? Mm-hmm. Like if someone comes to me, is like, yo, Denzel, what do I need to start my pod? I'm going to tell you what is the best opinion in how you distribute. I'm going to tell you my experience. I'm going to tell you everything that I know because I'm not going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. And it would be hella selfish of me to take all the game that I've learned by making the mistakes I made, falling on my face, having bad interviews, bad conversations for me not to tell the person who has the same desire or interest in this that I have, it would be extremely selfish. It would be Mm -hmm. extremely wrong. So I always am someone who wants to tell as much as I can give all the stuff you want to learn how to make a t-shirt or a hoodie. I'll tell you, Mm -hmm. you want to learn how to, you know, basically be independent or monetize your podcast. I will tell you everything I know because it's like, that is your duty. It's like, that's why I love when I see like former basketball players, like start coaching. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, who better to learn from? If I'm a rookie coming into the league, isn't it great that I get to learn from, let's say like Chauncey or something who mm-hmm. coached the, t- the trailblazers Jason, Jason kid or Jay kid for the mm-hmm. Mavs. Like that's a fucking incredible. Cause they're legends. Yeah. That's the best person to learn from. So I just think, yes, that I 100% agree. Like, you got to do whatever you can to keep this shit going because we want as many people using their voices or sharing their opinions and feeling good and confident about it as possible. So mm-hmm. I'm 100% with you on that. Thanks. All right. So moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is the exact same except there are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. And something I do every show is I answer questions from the listeners of the show. It's a great way to keep them involved. It's a great way to keep them engaged. And it's a great way to break up our two hour. Sports and music word salad. It's just something to break it up with fun, user, listener generated questions. So I would love for you to answer some of the questions I've received from the listeners so they can get your opinion on some good topics and they want to know your opinion about. All right, but So my first question for you from the listeners is, oh, and this might get you in trouble too. What are your most controversial food opinions? <laughs> some of my friends are going to hate this. Uh-oh. Kiwi is trash. Big, tra- big trash. Big trash. I'm with you. Not even I- controversial. It's, it's not even the fact that I don't like the taste. It's, it's the texture. Yeah, it's all seeds. It's what, t- what, what is that? It's terrible. 
it, <laughs> if I want, like, if I wanted seeds, like, I can just get sunflower seeds. Like, there, there, there are better seeds out there. Like, come on, guys, kiwi, strawberry. Like, I like strawberries too, but if you put kiwi, in, don't take that in there. Don't Terrible. take my strawberry with kiwi. What's wrong? Terrible. With you? What are you doing, Capri Sun? Come on, do better. <laughs> okay, so no on the kiwi. I'm with you no. on the kiwi. I don't even think that's. I don't even think that's controversial. Like no, kiwi is well, all seeds. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's it's. it's like I, I don't mind the taste. It's just the texture of it. Like yes, I'm I'm 100 with like, you. Like what? Like what is what is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> My second question for you, from the listeners, and this is kind of multi layered. Mm-hmm. This is called Desert Island. Okay. So if you Nate were stuck on a desert island, a deserted island, what is one thing from all of these categories that you would want? What is one movie that you would want, one book you would want, one person to have with you, one album, and one skill? Okay. So I have to finish this book. So the one book I'd, I'd want is the one that I'm reading right now. Um, it's called A Terrible Thing to Waste, Environmental Racism and Its Assault on the American Mind by Harriet A. Washington. Mm-hmm. It's basically why I went on a little soliloquy about environmental pollution earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, really good book, really informative. Um, one skill would be, can it be any skill? Yeah, any skill. I want the skill of Phineas and Ferb to create anything out of anything. That's what I want. <laughs> you said any skill. <laughs> Anything and anything that is based in reality. Oh, we're okay. not there yet. You can't take. <laughs> you, we're not sending you there with a three D printer. Like uh, it's something that um, is real <laughs> that you could actually <laughs> um, humanly do. A skill, I guess. Farming. If I'm going to be on a desert island, I might as well figure out how to um, make more food. So farming. Um, one album. Mm. the replay value has to be crazy it does the one album that the album i played the most last year was call me if you get lost by tyler the creator Mm -hmm. i'm playing the most this year is probably Ramona Park broke my heart by Vince Staples. So probably one of those two. Okay. Um, what else we need? I said a book movie. Um, mm-hmm. the dark Knight. Wow. It's the, it's the, it's the best. I think today is actually the anniversary of it. It's is 14 it? years old today. Wow. I think. Yeah. Um, Heath Ledger and Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christopher um, Bale. very, very good movie. That's, that's the best movie I've seen. Best movie like, ever? Ever. Yeah, it's the best movie ever. Whoa. It, it, it's 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 so quotable. Okay. It's so okay. quotable. So good. I'm glad we got differences. <laughs> um and then one person. One person. Ah, uh, that's tough. Hmm. Well, I don't want my mom to be stuck on the desert island. So <laughs> I feel honestly. I feel like it would be selfish of me to want to take one person with me on a desert island to be deserted. So I think I'd just go alone. 
I just bite the bullet. I, everybody enjoy your lives. Um, I'll just be here on this desert island and just remember me, I guess, and don't eat kiwi in my honor. Mr. <laughs> Honorable right here. I'm taking somebody with me. I don't care. <laughs> One movie. Look, I got it. I turn my computer right there. See that in the corner? Pulp Fiction. That is the greatest movie ever. Ever. It is a good movie. It is a good ever. movie. Ever. That is the greatest movie ever. Then that nobody asks why you're so serious, though. Uh, they but they do say say what again? <laughs> that, okay, that is fair. It's a good they rebuttal. Do say give me that wallet. What's, what wallet is yours? The one that says "bad motherfucker." They I mean, do say I mean, Royale scene, with cheese. <laughs> I mean, the scene with um Two Face in the hospital bed, and it's clearly the Joker, and he doesn't realize it's the Joker until he takes his mask off. He's like, "Oh, it's the Joker." <laughs> I thought uh, it was just some regular nurse with some face paint on. What is this? Is 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 crazy too? I'm just saying. Heath Ledger goes, uh, hi. hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yeah, the, my movie, Pulp Fiction, my book, one of the best books I ever read in my life. I read it early at a very good time, The Four Agreements. I'm a self-help book guy. Those are the books I read all the time. So, Four Agreements. One person, you know who I want to take? I want to take, like, Someone who was like famous for being lost. So I would I'm gonna take Tom Hanks from Castaway, literally his character from Castaway, because he probably knows how to deal with this the mm-hmm. most. Oh, uh, and yeah. probably I, okay. to- you kind of you kind of sparked you kind of sparked a little bulb in my head. I think I got someone now. Okay, Bear Grylls. Oh, that, that man knows how to survive. Wild. There you go. He that man knows how to survive. How to survive. <laughs> see, see, I know you think of what uh, one album. Now I'm having a hard time with this. In my opinion. The greatest hip hop album ever is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And I'm not trying to argue. You Got know, it. I understand Blueprint. I understand Illmatic. I understand, you know, Paid Him Full. Wait, was, it, was the name of Eric being Rakim Paid Him Full? I don't even remember. Yeah, I want. I, I understand all those. Um, but I'm going to say, because I'm a New Yorker, and I'll always take this with me till I die. Yeah, Paid Him Full is what it's called. Paid Him Full, okay. Mm. The album I have to take with me is Illmatic. I just Illmatic, yeah. I just That's classic. It's That's just classic. New York, New York is fuck, and it's just I'm a New Yorker, so I gotta really, have a little piece of New York with me. Really gives you that vibe. Yes. The the yes. The, the, the dreariness of it, of it is yes. very comes through. And my skill, I would say, I probably want to be like a the best like hunter or something or fisherman, yeah. like so I can always know that I can set this trap and I'll get a little something or go to the water at this time and I'll get something. So those are mine. But yes, who was the person that you thought of? Bear Grylls. Oh, right. You said it. Yeah. <laughs> Man versus Wild, bro. The first yeah. time the first time I ever watched that show, he peed in a, in a snakeskin and drank it. I was like, yo, this is the greatest yeah. show ever. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's funny. He, he, the episode with Marshawn Lynch was crazy, too. Him trying to, him trying, I think they were trying to like um, hunt pigs or hunt boars or something. And like Marshawn just couldn't do it. Hilarious. He had the thing. He was like, yo. We done fashioned me a little spear, you know what I mean? We finna get down here, you know? <laughs> I was like, yo, yo, put March on anywhere. Mode. Put yeah. March on anywhere. Shout out to Beast Mode, yo. Shout out to Beast Mode. I'll never find you. <laughs> yo, shout out to Beast Mode, yo. The, the God, man, the God. I'm glad he's also like his career. Like he didn't want to speak much. Like he was made it a point to not speak, 
and all he does now is like endorsements and like yeah. has lines on commercials and stuff. <laughs> i think that's that's fucking amazing like no i don't want to talk to you though that's the reason i'm not talking it's not that i can't it's not that i can't be engaging i can't be fun i just don't want to talk to you it's, it's basically um that that um that clip with Kawhi leonard and Stuart scott and Stuart Scott is like reading all his um reading all his stats and he's like Kawhi Leonard, who are you? And Kawhi Leonard just offer it. I'm Kawhi Leonard. I'm Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay, all right. And my last question for you, Nate, mm-hmm. from the listeners. And this is good. This is a good uh we can inspire the youth with this question. Okay. What is the most important thing that you have learned during? or after the pandemic? Um, I feel like the, the pandemic went one or two ways for people. It's either, it either went one way or another way. I think that the pandemic either made you mentally, like it, it, it either mentally cleansed you because you had a moment to just be with yourself and be... Um, like taking your self-care more seriously, like you're, you're, you're like making sure you're okay more seriously or it did the exact opposite. And you like, you just didn't know what to do if you're not around people and you, you're not distracted. Um, for me, it, it made me feel like it made me, um, understand how much I enjoy just the peace, just peacefulness and just being still like I can, just sit down in Central Park and just sit there for hours, just looking around, just enjoying that aspect of it. I think I agree with that. It made you appreciate the just like the little shit about being alive. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know, like you get so caught up in running around, working and or going to school or just whatever that you're like, yo, it's really a blessing to be alive. That's a fact. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. What a interview, man! Yeah, yeah. shit. <laughs> I, I had a good know, time, man. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you so I much. I appreciate the invite. I appreciate you coming on and giving the fire takes about James Harden, about Westbrook, about the NBA, about music, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to me. I have one final question, and we will tie a little bow around this podcast that we've had. And uh, it's it's designed for that way. So they okay. have something to remember you by. What is one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with as a piece of advice, a life jewel, or just something very important that you would like to express before we end our conversation today? Keep going and don't give up. Sometimes people quit when they're just on the brink of the their discovery or their achievement. So keep pushing figure out ways for you to stay engaged, stay passionate about it. If you need to take a break, take a break, but don't give up. Mm. Great, great, great advice. This has been a great conversation, man. I really appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. There's nothing left for me to do for you, but to roll out the red carpet, I would love for you to reiterate your name and all of the places that the people can find you. Well, I am Nate Sperlin, and I am the host of the Old Milks podcasts, the Cat Podcast, and the It's All Opinion Podcast. You can find Old Milk on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media, O-L-D-M-I-L-K. And then you know how to spell media, at least I hope you do. Um, additionally, 
Um, you can check out all the Old Milk content at oldmilk.co, O-L-D-M-I-L-K.co. Um, follow me on YouTube, man. <laughs> it's all in the links. Um, I appreciate Denzel for inviting me on to this amazing podcast, amazing conversation. Um, I appreciate you for listening and hopefully you check out Old Milk stuff too. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it is tradition around here on the Bronx Buyers Podcast where we allow our guest to choose a song that we end our conversation with today. So, Nate, the honor is all yours. What song would you like to play for the good people out there? We are going to play a song that came out this year from, in my personal opinion, from all the rappers that I've heard, the GOAT, Lupe Fiasco on Phonem. Uh, off of his latest album, his 2022 release, Drill Music in Zion. Yes, yes. Thank you again so much, Nate, for coming on the show. Much love to you. Much success in all your future endeavors. And I really appreciate the conversation today. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Round of applause for my guest for today, Nate Sperlin. Round of applause. Man, man, man. That was a great interview, man. Like, I really appreciate that brother coming on. It's just so cool when you get to talk to people who, like, have a lot of shared interests. So, you know, it's just the conversation flows. And I'll let you even guys behind the curtain. Like, there was so much shit I had to chop. Like, I had to cut so much shit out that we did. Like, this is making me think I need, like, a Patreon or something or some other type of pod because this was like a long way longer pod i had to edit so much out to so make it like more listenable i suppose but that's really like this interview today is like inspired me like maybe i need a patreon or something where i can just release longer form interviews because most of the interviews i do are really long and i have to find a way to like cut it down just to make it more listenable listenable for the diehard podcast listener and the casual podcast listener so maybe this is something that i need to do like try to see what what's good with that because i would i would like for you guys to hear the whole long 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 joints but i also understand that a lot of people may don't may not have the attention span for that but shout out to nate sperlin man shout out to that brother super 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 talented brother man he's got a great future ahead of him go fuck with him man he's dope listen to his shit man he's super dope thank you so much nate for coming on the show i really appreciate you and that guys will wrap it up episode number 101 of the bronx bias podcast is in the books I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. I want to say a special, special, special thank you to my guest for the day, Nate Sperlin of Old Milk Media. I want to say thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who's active engaging with me on social media. Please do not forget, your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias podcast merchandise available for purchase and the brand new Bronx Bias blog. The site where all that can be found is bronxbiaspod.com. And also, if you are a writer or artist of any kind and you would like a place possibly to display your work, we can work together to get your shit on the Bronx Bias blog. Please don't forget that. That is very important. And I'm going to fade you guys out with a great, great, great song, which was my guest Nate Sperlin's choice. And it is called 
on phonem by lupe fiasco off of the album drill music in zion and this has been the bronx bias podcast episode 101 have a great week have a great weekend out there be safe and i'll speak to you guys next week we are out Much probably has a lot more precision, but that was the decision. And with that, I'ma stick. I don't really support niggas because the shit be making me sick. Look at what we say in this bitch just to get rich. Shoot a nigga right in the head, don't even flinch. Nah, nah, we can't, we can't talk about that. You gotta talk about something else. I mean, because it's hypocritical, nigga. You got guns, you surrounded by gangsters and killers, all your niggas. Like, what the fuck is you talking about? Talk about something else, talk about something else. Nigga, talk about something else. I've admired many cities through the windows of hotels. And from the window of a plane, I've seen the window of a cell. The plane started to fly, the rain started to fail. That's LaGuardia and Rikers, the airport next to a jail. I took a picture, looked like my window was crying. Cause it was sad that all they saw every day was somebody flying. And they was trapped. This shit is whack. But it was crack hung it on my wall like a plaque Keep your eyes on the prize and your thumbs on the apps Facts, I wish that they was lying in they raps How does that transpire to be so damned by God You want your friends to be goddamn liars All we talk about are our goddamn priors Shiny metal boxes on top of goddamn tires I'm goddamn tired If I say I didn't indulge my pants be on goddamn fire Cause I'm a part of the problem Sometimes the pee and sometimes the problem Fame, all in the name of martyrdom Yeah, I wish that you were lying What's the difference between a posthumous album and a life insurance policy? Spotify, a dollar's worth what a dollar buy, go monetize I wish that you were lying
nigga for the first Only cause I know that you can take another verse Want the crown to be a lie cause hell sounds like it hurts Also want it to be real cause heaven sounds like it's turned With my conscience like a condom cause I don't wanna be burnt With my dharma like it's armor cause I don't wanna return To the will of the quivering meat conception Sometimes I hide inside Kerouac for protection From the Thanksgiving where bears attack and addressing Like Tekken, just lean back and tear into that refreshment Sometimes real life parallaxes in depression Maybe not lie, maybe just chill Yo, maybe not die, maybe just kill Wait, no, maybe survive making the meal Ratings wavy, but wavy don't make you a Navy SEAL Yeah, I wish that you were lying Thank you.